2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 to 21. For we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. For when he received honor and glory from God the Father, and the voice was borne to him by the majestic glory, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this very voice born from heaven, for we were with him on the holy mountain. And we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, to which you will do well to pay attention, as to a lamp shining in a dark place, until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Mm. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. It's the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, Jeremy Brooks, the great college pastor and uh, elder of Christ's covenant, That's joining me. us here in the sunny pastures of the second letter of Peter. Friend of Will. Friend of Will, yeah. another title of Jeremy Brooks. Mm. Um, so here we are, you know, Peter like we said, just to kind of catch everyone up, make sure we're all on the same page if you haven't been listening through. This is written uh, just a, a few years, like four years-ish after First Peter. So um, not a ton of time in between. Towards the end of uh, both Nero's reign, which Nero was uh, famously, you know, a very harsh uh, Caesar to Christians, um, a, a very harsh emperor. Um, and so Christians were being killed. Uh, Christians were being uh, tortured and opposed as this kind of troublemaker sect of the world. And, um, you know, also amidst that, there are these false teachers that are coming up in the church. And now, um, in a really heavy way, it's been a little while since Christ's resurrection and the apostles who are there um, when Christ ascended, they're starting to get old. And uh, and they're also facing a lot of physical yeah. beatings and stuff. And so Peter has made it known in yesterday's reading that he's towards the end of his life, mm-hmm. um, which is, uh, you know, again, I think it's really helpful to see, like, where would this audience have been emotionally mm-hmm. uh, getting this letter from a beloved leader of the church and friend of Christ himself, um, you know, amidst a really hard time. And so here, Peter uh, does something interesting, which is that he gets into his own encounter with Christ. Mm-hmm. And what's really fascinating and it strikes me as unique is that he doesn't go to like the resurrection and like talking with the ascended Christ, but he actually goes before that uh, when kind of talking about the certainty and validity of. Uh, this good news that he carries, mm-hmm. he goes to this mountaintop experience, a literal mountaintop experience with Christ, James and John, uh, which we know is the transfiguration. Mm-hmm. So that's what he's speaking of here, where the appearance of Christ is changed in uh, this mysterious, glorious way. Uh, Moses and Elijah appear and speak with Christ of the exodus he's about to accomplish. Um, it's this very, very rich transcendent moment where Christ's validity is confirmed to these apostles 
uh, right before his passion mm-hmm. and his, you know, his death and resurrection. So we can see here that that is like a staple moment in Peter's life and in his witness as a leader of the early church. Mm-hmm. Um, so, wow. A lot, uh, yeah. a lot of power here. Mm-hmm. Jerry, it's too much power for me to handle, <laughs> but you, you look like you're ready to handle it. So what, what are your thoughts on, uh, this closing section of first Peter or second Peter one? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I can handle the power of the <laughs> transfiguration, but, um, <laughs> well, you look the part <laughs> <laughs> lost all my hair though. So I don't know, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, I was just looking back at like this whole, this whole thing, like I was, I was kind of reflecting on even like yesterday's reading of just Peter going over and over again about how like I want, I always intend as long as he's alive, like mm. until he's done living, until mm-hmm. he's done breathing, he wants to like remind them mm-hmm. of like the way that is richly provided for them into an eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so he's like, he just wants to remind them of that, that it's mm-hmm. possible that they will reach that, that they should continue in the qualities of, of, christ that the spirit is producing in them and like no matter what's going on and so he's like doing that and then he goes like you said into this whole section where he's like look we're not like making these clever myths about the power of jesus about Mm. the coming of jesus and then yeah he goes to this which like must be an amazing thing to even just like remember and reflect on like the voice of god speaking Mm -hmm. um like this is my son. Like when you hear that, I mean, like, yeah, like you said, you, you have to believe that, like, this is him. Like, I need mm-hmm. to, I need whatever he says. Like, I need to listen to him. I need to follow him. Um, and uh, yeah, and so that's kind of like what's happening here. And and then and then I think the thing that's interesting is that he goes into this whole section where he says, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed, which you will do well to pay attention to, like a lamp shining in a dark place. And so. I think your context is really helpful about like the leaders are going away, persecution is rising, mm-hmm. but he's anchoring, he's anchoring their confidence in something that even goes beyond like a great leader that was there with, yeah. with um, Jesus, mm-hmm. like in these moments and that can testify personally. He's really pointing to like the, the word of God, the scriptures of God. And that's what the whole end of this section is like. He's like, look, no prophecy of scripture comes from someone's interpretation. It was produced not by man's will, but by God's will. And so it seems like he's like trying to help them, you know, in a, in a Psalms kind of way, like your word is a lamp into my feet. Yeah. Um, totally. And just kind of drawing them back to the, the lamp of God's word totally. in, in the midst of all these trials. Totally. Verse 19, he says, uh, and we have the prophetic word more fully confirmed to which you'll do well to pay attention as to, as to a lamp shining in a dark place. I like the way the New Living Translation, which uh, is a little more conversational, it says, because of that experience, you know, kind of refer- referring to the transfiguration, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. Mm. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place mm. until the day dawns and Christ, the morning star, shines in your hearts. And I, I like the clarity that is kind of yeah, underlined there. It's very clear. Um, it's very clear. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And specifically like one of the really important undertones, um, or it's not an undertone, it's an overtone. It's like very clear in the new Testament is that the church fathers, what they were like really trying to pound into 
uh, everyone's minds with great clarity is this is not a new thing that we're yeah, that we're telling you. That's right. This is not a new thing, but what we just have is a fuller revelation and a greater clarity of what the prophets have been speaking of for ye- for centuries and you know millennia that mm-hmm. that all the way back from uh, Genesis three through you know the times of the judges through um, you know the the Pentateuch through the prophets through exile and wandering and prosperity through all of it this word of you know the the one who would come and bless all the nations the one who would come and undo mm-hmm. um this this broken beginning of the story um that we have seen him and the reason i'm so certain is like i have witnessed the transfiguration mm-hmm. is what peter is saying here and so it's this commendation to not like you know this is not a new thing that we have mm-hmm. so be firmly rooted in this truth that has pervaded um, all of time up yeah. until now yeah. and will continue to. And I love that image of a lamp shining in a dark place. I mean, I, I think you absolutely uh, you referenced the Psalm 119, the lamp to my feet. It also made me think of Jesus teaching at the beginning of the sermon on the Mount mm-hmm. that, uh, that you who, who are, have, you know, the access to the kingdom of God, who are in the kingdom of God, um, you are like a lamp mm-hmm. in a house that, you know, you don't cover it up, but it gives light to everyone in a house mm-hmm. in a city in a hill, you know, in the nighttime, you can't hide the light of the city. Mm-hmm. And that is being connected to this, this prophetic word, this, the testimony of the prophets, which is this hope of redemption. Mm-hmm. And then he lands it here. I mean, what are your thoughts? You know, he, he kind of ties, uh, back to this idea of prophecy and, and unpacks, the nature of prophecy, you know, not being something that comes from man. So what are your thoughts on sort of 20, 21, how he lands this thought? Yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, men said the things, mm-hmm. you know, the prophecies. So, but I don't think he's saying that they like didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I think he is saying that man's will didn't like produce these prophecies. Mm. Um, and so, the the prophecies of like Jeremiah, Joel, Isaiah, like go on and on and on and on. It's interesting that how, like so often, especially in like the minor prophets, you see a lot of this language about the day of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one reason why he's bringing up the prophets here is because if you go back to verse eighteen or uh, sixteen, you know when he says we didn't follow clever myths. We followed this like sure word of God, basically mm. that uh, about the power and the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The prophets never said that, like they never said Jesus Christ is coming explicitly. Mm-hmm. They never said anything about Jesus Christ is coming again. Most of the time it was about this great day and it was a, in reference to this Messiah who was coming. What the fuller revelation was is that, oh, he's gonna come once He's going to do the work that he does of redemption. He's going to ascend and he's going to come again. Mm. He's going to judge all the evil that is going on around them. So as you were talking about like the light of the people of God as well, who are, who are living under or living by the light of God's word. I think one way to think about that is they are living in light of the reality that's been confirmed by the prophets. They said this too, that all of this evil is going to be judged Mm -hmm. by God. 
Now we know that that's going to be that's going to happen through the coming of Jesus Christ when He mm-hmm. comes again. Nero won't be in charge. Mm-hmm. You know these terrible things that you were describing earlier, like they seem so terrible now, but they're so momentary mm-hmm. in light of eternity. And mm-hmm. God's word shines light on that. Mm-hmm. It reveals that truth that is hard to see in the moment. Absolutely. Um, and so I think that's why he's kind of pointing back to the prophecies mm-hmm. um, because they were all saying this, just not in that explicit language, but now we know that it's the, the first coming and the second coming mm-hmm. um, that really is the light. Absolutely. And, you know, I love that uh, the the badge of authenticity on these prophecies uh from Peter's perspective is the glory of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It, it's the revealing of Christ's majesty that he witnessed. And uh, you know, that we uh we can't go back in time and go up on the Transfiguration Mount, but God still reveals his glory um in a multitude of ways to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be in tune to those things and that that those revelations of God's glory um, that is what will, you know, will guide us and uh, and help us discern true prophecy from cleverly devised myths. That's and right. uh, not to be a, a, you know, plot spoiler, but that's exactly where we're going tomorrow is the mm-hmm. other side of the coin, which mm-hmm. is the false prophets. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's really setting up, uh, you know, this idea of true, good, time-tested, authentic prophecy of the glory of Jesus uh, which is just this flickering lamp or not the glory of Jesus, is not the flickering lamp. The prophecy is the mm-hmm. flickering lamp until we all get to partake in the rising of the morning star, mm-hmm. which is Jesus coming in his glory. Yeah. And uh, that is about to be contrasted uh, with the prophets mm-hmm. who um, the so-called prophets who uh, would lead people other directions. Mm-hmm. So that's where we're headed tomorrow. But for today, For the great Jerry Brooks, this is Will Carlisle, and you better believe that we will see you tomorrow on Our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.